All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there finding deals, they're broke, and there's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to fund these deals once they have them under contract. I was no different. And if you've read my book, The Ultimate Guide to Wholesaling Real Estate, then you'll know that I launched my career by flipping my first few houses using 0% interest credit cards. The rules are a little bit different today than when I did it, but believe me, it can still be done. And there's a company out there that will help you shortcut this entire process. I want you to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding, and you can learn about how much you can get in the first round of funding so you can fund your deals. Just complete the quick questionnaire, and they will shoot you back a number as to how much you can expect in a very short period of time so you can get started funding those deals. And over time, those numbers will increase. Now, how well do I know this company? I've been referring this company since 2015, so almost five years. I've had over 100 of my students join this company, and they've raised several million dollars to help these students get funding for their deals. I know this because I know these students personally, and I talk to them very often about the process. The most you can get in your first year is $240,000 worth of potential 0% cash advance money. But even if you only get $100,000, it's better than nothing, and it can make you a small fortune flipping houses. Just go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding and check it out for yourself. Don't wait until you've lost fifteen dollars or $20,000 to check these guys out. It might be too late if you do that. you got to go ahead and stay, uh, stay ahead of the curve on this one, guys. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding and be prepared to fund the deals when you find them. Let's do it. Welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the Discount Property Investor way. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back. We are jumping right into our second part of our interview with Dan Gibson. Uh, previously, we were talking about private funding, and now he's going to share his knowledge on uh, mobile home parks with us. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of this interview. Well, let's jump into the next topic. Okay. The next topic is mobile home parks, mobile home park investing. Yep. And you guys are... Um, a mobile home owner at this point, yeah. several we, parks, uh, I should say, park owners. Yeah, so currently we have one mobile home park, uh, 33 pads that we've owned since March. Awesome. And we have contracts. That is awesome. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like owning 33 units or 33 yeah. single-family 30, homes. Yeah, it's th yeah, 33 units. We, we count them as units just like we do any other thing. Right. And we have two more parks under contract. Oh, love it. Holy smokes. One, I know. Yeah. One's a small little one, 12, 12 pad. And then the other one is uh, 112. Wow! So that's that's a little bit Man. different ball game. That one's going to take quite a bit of legwork. 
you know, we're still months away from. Yeah, but how exciting, man! That's no, great. it is, and that's and that's kind of what I'm interested in. I think, you know, I, I was nothing special. I'm a B, BC student in college. <laughs> Did what you had to do the night before test to pass, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever. I'm not uh, right there with you. Yeah, I mean, whatever I. <laughs> you had guys to are do, both special to me. Yeah, whatever <laughs> Thanks, I had to do, buddy. and and you know, it's, I mean, it, it happens fast. So. I, you know, you buy your first rental. I bought it with my parents, mm-hmm. and then really started actively getting in real estate investing four years ago. And now I'm trying to put 112 pad park, 1.8 million dollar deal together. I mean, that's how fast it can go. It can go fast, and it's and not rocket science. It, and anybody that you know is determined, yeah. persistent, and consistent. I love those two words. That you know wants to start investing in real estate, they can easily progress. Yeah, from doing a single-family rehab to buying them 112 units. It's the same contracts. It's the same. It's the same due diligence process. Mm-hmm. Now there's a couple extra things in mobile home parks you have to do, but sure. I mean, it's the same process over and over. Yeah, it's just the numbers have a couple extra zeros on it. That's, yeah, that's all it is. And it goes back to what we were just talking about. If you find the deal. Yep. The money will come, and for you guys, you already had a fund or several, yep. to where it just makes it that much easier to yep. go out and lock that up, and you can then show it to the fund and the investors, and yeah, everybody wins. Yeah, and so you know, with with the mobile home parks, I mean, you look at them like like apartments, look single family. I mean, you're buying cash flow, right? At this right. point, we're all buying cash flow. We want the money. Well, you're buying dirt mostly. I mean, I guess some. I guess parks. some some parks you you may you may get homes as well. Yeah, yeah. But in the long, I mean, those aren't really appreciating. No, the no, homes. no. The, the, the dirt they're, is. The dirt is. But the, but the homes depreciating. are depreciating exactly. Yeah. So again, you are buying cash flow. You are, yeah, absolutely. And, and so that leads me to my next question: Why mobile home parks? Great question. So, well. From a dollar to dollar perspective, mm-hmm. they make the most sense. Um, I think I don't remember which book I read it in, but one of the one of the well known guys have said mobile home parks are the highest and best use of land, and they say that because you can they don't take up a lot of space, mm-hmm. and the only infrastructure you have to you have to provide are, is electric, sewer, water. And sometimes not even concrete pad. Sometimes it can be sometimes a gravel pad. Sometimes it can pad. be gravel, right? Sometimes, yeah. if the depending on the ground, it can just be a, a hard dirt pad with some some toppings on it. So really, but for the most part, let's assume concrete because it's more expensive and that's mm-hmm. that's the right way to do it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So when you're only providing those things, you significantly decrease your property taxes because I don't we don't have a you know, if, if you compare the 33-pad the thirty three pad mobile home park to a 33-unit apartment complex, a 33-unit apartment complex is going to be a decent size. It's going to be a decent structure, which means you're going to get taxed on it. You're going to have real estate mm-hmm. taxes on that. You're going to have real estate taxes. Sure. The 33-pad mobile home park is really just a little bit of concrete, plumbing, and electrical, and mm-hmm. that's it. Because so the actual homes that sit on top aren't really... They're not real estate tax. They're right. They're, it's tax they're, they're personal property tax. Personal property tax. So Did you I, know that, Mike? Well, yeah, I, I no, I didn't. It didn't click until <laughs> they have. Yeah, so yeah, I just learned homes, that a couple weeks mobile ago. Mobile homes have VIN numbers. They don't have 
addresses. Yeah, I knew I knew they weren't technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the address. pad has an address, but the home itself is VIN. Correct. That's isn't that, weird. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So in a perfect world, we don't own any of the 33 pads at our park. Now, we do, no, we you, do own a few of the, the, I'm sorry. The homes. The homes. Sure. We don't own any of the 33 homes at our park um, because we just want to own the pad and the dirt. That's it. And that, that's, that's in a perfect world. you just world. lease huh. that to you, the homeowner. Lot rent, pad rent, yep. And I guess I would imagine each park is a little different. Yep. Do you guys pay the utilities and then bill them or do they pay it? Again, I guess it depends on the park. Depends on how the park, it's metered. Depends on the market. I know we're on a single meter. So at this current time, we actually are included in our lot rent. Sure. Includes your water, sewer, trash payments. Mm -hmm. That won't be. Electric too or not? No electric. Um, so those are, those are individually that's metered. That's individually metered. Sure. Um, and there is a bill back program that we, we we're working on because, mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, you don't want to be responsible for people's water usage or electric usage. So, um, but just getting into the park, not trying to just come in and raise rates and, of course. and all that stuff. Uh, we will, we will build back for water and sure here in the near sure. future. But, um, but yeah, and that's kind of a market to market thing over there. This, this park's in Bethalto, Illinois. There's four or five parks in Bethalto and they're all the same. Your lot rent includes water, sewer, trash. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a market thing. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, so with the mobile home park, highest and best use of land. Um, so you significantly lower your real estate taxes because we're essentially paying, we pay for the land and just like you get your tax bill, it's 90% of the cost is in the land and just 10% mm -hmm. in the actual structure. Absolutely. Where a 33 unit apartment building, it'd be almost the, I mean, not the opposite, but it'd be maybe 60, 40 in yeah. the structure. You'd in have the, a in the ton land. of taxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you save a bunch in taxes and insurance, same thing. Um, we're only insuring. Now, are you insuring each individual pad, or do you just have an umbrella yeah, policy? You just have one policy for the park. Oh, isn't that beautiful, too? Yeah, it is nice. You don't have to have 33 individual bills. All the headaches of single oh, family yeah, ownership. Yeah, and, but it's the same thing. Since we don't own the homes, we're not responsible for... Um, you know, maintenance. Maintenance. Any you're maintenance. Not, you're not responsible for, okay. Occupancy. If, if wind knocked, yeah, you're not responsible for occupancy. I mean, obviously, you're still like It's in the lease, I'm sure, but yeah. it's their problem, not right. yours. I'm not, you know, I'm not fixing toilets. I'm not worried if wind, the wind knocked some siding off because that's, you know, it's not my property. Now, we have appearance. We have appearance rules. Of you course. Know, we can't. Mm -hmm. But every park's going to be different. Every park's going to be different, yeah. So, sure. um, but yeah, as far as... As far as why mobile home parks, I mean, it's uh, that's that's where we're interested, and and kind of where we're placed now. Um, a lot of municipalities, they're they're not zoning new mobile home parks, right? And if now you why? Think, and yeah, and it makes sense if you think about it because what I, what we just talked about with taxes, mm -hmm. we're not paying that much in taxes, but yet we still have thirty three occupants that fire police are responsible for. So it's very They're similar to a 33-unit apartment building's consumption of cons county resources. Exactly. However, you're paying like a tenth exactly. into the tax base. Exactly. And so naturally, county, so counties limited. look at this and they're mm -hmm. like, why would we want mobile home parks if... So it's definitely not a growing... No. I, it's not growing at all. They're unique and it's probably shrinking. Yeah. So since they're not zoning any new ones, mm -hmm. supply and demand... 
That's why kind of why we're trying to get as many as we can. In the I, next love few years. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. I love it. It's a good plan. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about tenants. You know, what yep. kind of tenants um, own homes and parks? Yep. And what kind of renters are going to be renting? Yep. So, like I said, in the perfect world, we're only renting the pad, the lot, and we're responsible for the water, sewer, electric. Um, obviously, there's always always park-owned homes that come with transactions because either people passed away and the park it costs more to move a mobile home a lot of times than what they're worth sometimes. Yeah. Um, so. Well, or if somebody doesn't pay their rent, you have to evict them. How does that work? Yeah. So a lot of times you actually you evict them from the pad, and a lot of times they'll just leave. They will just leave, so then you can acquire it. They'll leave their home. Because they'll leave it, and then it's on your land. And, yes, and a lot of times they'll just leave it, and then the proper way to do it, I guess, would be go through a foreclosure process. But, again... Do do you have to, since it's technically personal property? That's a good point. We never had to do that yet. Yeah, so I think... I I imagine (laughs) it's going to be a little bit easier uh, than even having to do a foreclosure on it. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm sure it's similar, and you have to publicly... Yeah, you're gonna notice, to, mm-hmm. but I guess yeah, I guess it would just be like just tr- you just I mean you're really you're just trying to get the the title the exactly title to you're the title. So you have to go through that process. Yeah, I guess that's a little different than. Florida. So it should be even easier. Uh, we would imagine. Yeah, in yeah. theory, <laughs> it's still a headache. It's still, yeah. it's still yeah. public it's not postings. A yeah, it's yeah. a profitable headache. Yeah, yeah guys. don't don't forget. That's true. And that's why we're in this business. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's also money to be made in renting park-owned homes. Sure. Right. I mean, especially if. You know your parks are in decent school districts. You know a, a, a lot of these mobile homes are three bed, two bath, mm-hmm. and a three bedroom rental in a good school district might be, for instance, a thousand bucks. But a three bedroom, two bath rental in a mobile home park might be six fifty, right. seven hundred. So that family that wants their kids to be in I mean, the right almost school district, half. yeah, sixty yeah, percent, and it and it is, and that's kind of what we found in Bethalto, um, across the river, where our park is. Is you know it's a good school district, and we we put ads up for rent and I mean we've gotten 20 and 30 calls so um, so the type of tenants um, if they own obvious if they own their own home mm-hmm. usually usually they're higher quality tenants because they have invest invested interest they own their home um, they usually care about what the place looks like what the outside looks like what the neighbors look like um, so in that case, it's a little better, but I would say if you're renting, you need to be a little bit more careful on your background checks. Um, but we do the same. We do the same leasing process for an apartment, for a single-family house that we mm-hmm. do for a mobile home. Mm-hmm. You know, we want we want you to pass those background checks. Um, so I would say if you're renting a park-owned home, mm-hmm. be a little bit more careful. Um, just because of the nature nature of, of the beast, but if your if your park is all owner occupied, owner occupied mm-hmm. you we don't have we don't have a problem with any of our owner occupied. Isn't that great? And That's a awesome. lot of them are retirees. Like you wouldn't believe the amount of retirees that just want to live cheap and stretch their dollar travel. a little bit more mm-hmm. and travel. Yeah. So we have we have one one family. Um, they rent from us. They rent lots from us. They have three lots. Um, it's different family members, and they have nice, nice, probably late 2000s mobile homes, so you know, relatively new. Mm-hmm. And they have a huge RV 
that they just travel. It's as big as the home in it. Yeah, it is. It parks right next it to really it. It really is. It parks right next to it. <laughs> and, you know, they're, you know, talking to them, they're like, yeah, you know, we're from here. We want to stay here. Our, our family's here, but we also like to travel. And this is. We're the, from here. We just the, don't want to be here. Yeah, this is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and that's. And, you know, obviously those are your best tenants. Right. But, or best residents at least. But, yeah, I mean, perfect world, all owner-occupied. Right. You'd rarely have any issues. Right. Um, tenant, tenant renting, you're going to have the same. Of course. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's, it's not going to change. Yeah. So I recently just bought a mobile home, not a park. I'm not on uh, Dan's level yet. But I bought a mobile home, and I was going to – I bought it to flip it. And it ended up being a, a successful deal in terms of um, profit and exit. Um, but one piece of advice that I want to give our listeners and our viewers that may be interested in buying an individual mobile home is check with the park first before you buy it and get all the, get all the information about the lease and what the park is going to require. And the mistake that I made and one of the points of the podcast is to teach people mistakes that we make so they can prevent making mistakes. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. One of the mistakes that I made was they didn't allow me to buy the home and then lease it. It was an owner-occupied only park, which actually, you know, looking at it from an owner standpoint of owning the park, that's a great way to keep, you know, the riffraff out of there and yeah. keep the park, you know, quality high. So, um, of course, I didn't know that until after I bought it and had paid for it and signed the lease and, you know, received the title. Um, no big deal. I ended up just selling it on owner financing because originally I was going to try to sell it on a lease option or just keep it as a rental. Right. So it ended up working out. But um, again, I just wanted to, you know, make that point clear that, you know, make sure you do your due diligence. It wouldn't have taken more than a five minute phone call to the park prior. But I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You so know? I suspect you have similar rules. In yeah. Most, I'd say most parks are like that. Um, now, but again, I mean, again, it's a caveat. It's a money making. If, if right. you guys came to me and said, hey, I have five mobile homes I just bought. I want to move them to your park and I'll rent them. And are you okay with me renting them out? We would probably say yes. Sure. Mainly because we know you. We trust you. Of course. We know you're interested in cash flows so or you're interested in getting a good, mm -hmm. high quality tenant. Um, but yeah, the average, the average person we don't know. Um, well, you have a lot more, uh, you know, negotiating power too when you come with a bigger deal than yeah, just saying, true. "Hey, this park's got 150 units, and I just want to buy one and rent it out." Yeah, and they're gonna be like, yeah. "Nope, yeah, sorry." Yeah, most parks will have that rule. Sure. Um, but exactly for what you said, of course, just because they and it makes one. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So, um, but you know, it, that doesn't mean that every park's gonna be that way, and it. If it's done right, it would be profitable for both people. For both people. Because mm -hmm. if I'm the owner and you own a mobile home in my park, whether you live there or not, you're going to make sure the pads pay, the pad rents and pay. That was, and, that, and that's part of the agreement that I have with the owner financing is I have to pay the pad yeah. and then he pays me, yeah. the, the owner, who I'm owner financing it to. Right. And it's a 12-month um, month note for the most part. Right. So... Yeah, we're both on the lease at this point. Yep. So, yeah, so. and it's okay because I ended up profiting. It wasn't a, a big deal at all. I bought it for six. I put three into it, so I was into it for nine. I had two months pad rent, so that puts me at a roughly ten. 
and I sold it for 12. So I made a couple grand again, it, but if you look up my cash on cash return, it's 20%. Yeah. Considering it's going to be in and out in, you know, 13, 14 months, a little less than 20. You know, it wasn't a home run, but you don't know what you don't know. And I want to eventually own parks like you do. Yeah, and there's no better way to learn the mobile home game than to go out and buy a mobile home. <laughs> so we just illustrated one way not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's way. <laughs> one way to do it. Hey, but, you got a rhino, baby. That's you right. Go in there with the rhino approach. But, Head down, <laughs> charge. It. But you found a solution. And that's what, I did. And that's what real estate is. Is There's usually a solution mm-hmm. that... I mean, our guest is even is way nicer than the host. I was just jamming him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh, Silver lining. I You're love very it, man. sweet, yeah. man. You're so very... I, I, I do want to kind of ask you back on um, just the, the whole concept of investing in mobile sure. homes. So the returns on mobile homes, I would imagine, I mean, with what you've already shared with us, the taxes have to be better than your yeah. typical uh, maybe apartment complex. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that first yeah. off is, the, is a question. But then I also want to ask about the... Um, the homes themselves. So this is just something I was thinking of: is the the quality of a manufactured home is it going to last as long, or what's the what's the typical life expectancy? Sure. Do you even have that kind of yeah they, uh, experience yet? Obviously newer to the to the business, right? Um, what we've been told because we've only you know owned parks for sure. a year now, um, and most of the parks that came with the purchase that the one we had, we had five park owned homes that mm-hmm. came with it were early seventies to mid 80s mm-hmm. and those have seen some some better sure. days. the encouraging thing is it doesn't take a whole lot of money to renovate them to mm-hmm. make them livable s- yeah, yeah. Livable again and you know a lot of it i can attest i rehabbed a whole mobile home for 3500 bucks yeah not even like 3200 and so it's cheaper materials cheaper um three bed two bath too it wasn't small Jeez. Yeah, so yeah. and they have specific mobile home supply stores specifically for mobile homes. What are, they, so, what are those called? I've never I seen a mobile home supply uh, store. It's Arco. I think Arco. Okay. okay. It has it just, just, not, just curious. Not, not, not Lowe's or Home Depot. Yeah, or not Menards, important. Not know. important. I was just yeah, curious. You, you'll overpay if you buy skirting from Home Depot. <laughs> um, but no, there's like a there's like a I think Arco. It might even be a national brand, but I know that I think there's one outside St. Louis. Hmm. Um, but yeah, back to your question. So the life expectancy, I think it's going to be a 25 to 30 year is what I, based off of what we've seen, seen in our mm-hmm. park. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take a whole lot to get them back on track. You can reseal the roofs pretty easily. And that's the big thing. It's roofs, right? Water, mm-hmm. water right. is sure. the biggest deterrent to anything real estate. Yeah. So resealing the roof every 10 years um, not expensive, easy to do. Yeah, because um, it's not a big roof. Well, it's easy to get time. to. And if you have a newer park, it's their shingle, their shingle, shingle roofs with vinyl siding now. Right. So, you know, those obviously, I'm sure, last fifty plus years. Right. Well, just, just yeah, a normal, same as traditional housing. Yeah. 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 So, but um, uh, but shingle roofs are cheap, and, yeah. and your square footage of roof is tiny. Yeah. You know, maybe so, three. Well, it's good to know. So, I mean, like I, again, if it, if it does depreciate down to almost, not, if it's a park-owned home, right, uh, depreciates down to very little, it's not going to be a huge expense to get it back to rentable. Well, it's just kind of what I was wondering. Exactly. Do you have to haul it off and then no. have some? No, bring no, in a new you home? can bring it on. So you can even these these older homes yes. they can be made uh, into homes mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So that's no one of the benefits I would think, yeah. right, Dan? Of, yeah. Oh yeah. Of having the parks is, is the maintenance is a lot lower. 
Now, one thing that is a little different with a mobile home versus a traditional single family or apartment is they're they're usually lifted. They're, they don't yep, they're they on. sit on the ground, but they're on blocks. You're on blocks. So you do have moisture that would get under the home. So the decking or the flooring or yes. the subfloor would probably need to be replaced every couple of years. But again, it's cheap. Yeah, it's cheap stuff. Um, yeah, the absolute and the most important thing, if you're looking at a mobile home, this is again learn this the hard way. Mm. You always school of hard knocks. Oh, yeah. uh, the most important thing you can look at if you're going to look at a mobile home to buy, or if you're getting a bunch of park-owned homes with a transaction, pull the skirting back. Look under the home. You want to see either a full concrete pad um, through, across the entire home. Um, or you want to see some type of tarp vapor barrier because just like you said mm -hmm. if it's just if it's if there's no vapor barrier whether that's the concrete pad or some type of tarp that's tied down then the moisture just you know from the ground comes up and you're right that's where you have subfloor mm -hmm. problems mm -hmm. so most important thing to check under it's the good homes, advice very um, good advice that the hard way um, you know because you walk through it and you're like yeah there might be a couple soft spots but that, that's probably typical and home looks great otherwise and then you buy it and you get into it and you're like oh that subfloor yeah. in three rooms need to that be soft spots not the same yeah, as a soft spot in a in a yeah. traditional home exactly yeah, they're, they're built a little differently yeah interesting um, at least if you fall through it you don't fall too far let's talk about financing yeah. um is financing them similar to apartments or is it different how does that work from yeah. your experience so now you guys are doing it with cash we're doing a we're doing it with a little bit of both. Okay, so good deal. Um, we uh, financing is going to be similar if you go through a bank. Obviously, that's not going to change much. Um, in our experience, banks will want to see a specific mobile home park ownership background before they're, I would say, interested in doing some type of. Uh, loan or portfolio. Sure, loan but that's going to be like any that's, investment. Yeah. They're going to want to see the rent rolls. They're going to want to see the financials. Yeah. Sure, sure. It's not really anything extra or out of the ordinary, right? Um, we've found that, you know, we try with any loan, we, you know, we try and always, do, you know, leverage to the 80%, 80% loan to value. Um, with mobile home parks, we found they like to stay around 70%, mm -hmm. uh, a little more protection. Minimize their risk just a hair. Yeah. And mm -hmm. They're not gonna really. Then they're not gonna put any value on park-owned homes either, mm -hmm. um, which makes sense sure. if you're looking at it from a bank's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, well, because so, most of those homes are built in the mid '70s, yeah. early '80s. Yeah, I mean, they literally they're 45 years old. Yeah, I would say if if like the the park, the 112 pad park we have under contract, it actually comes with 80 park-owned homes. Wow! So it's a pretty big undertaking. Yeah, and that's kind of part of the reason. Why it's, it's it's more of a turnaround project than it is just buy it and live mm -hmm. on cash flow. Mm -hmm. um, but out of those eighty, I think we came ac uh, we came across an appraisal of those eighty, and I think they're all between early seventies to late nineties models, so mm -hmm. all twenty plus years old. Yeah, late nineties is pretty new. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you, can, newer. And, you, and you can tell which ones are late nineties. Yeah, because the one I bought was a seventy nine, and I thought it was in great condition. Yeah. Um, so the average over those 80, 80 park owned homes, I think, came to like four thousand dollars per home on average. Per home yeah, on average. So now some some were as high as twenty thousand, which of those were like the nice nineties double wides. Mm -hmm. But then some With were some were literally like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. um, the average, so that's a, that's a pretty good, you know, it's a pretty good conglomeration of parks. So I would say, you know, give 
you know, 20 year old mobile home, just assume, you know, it's worth a couple grand. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, the financing and, and, and why, um, and like in returns, you know, cash on cash returns specifically, um, we found that mobile home park owners are a lot more receptive to owner financing. So the park we have in Bethalto is owner financing. Oh, you're saying whenever you as a buyer uh-huh. come to them to buy their park. Correct. Gotcha. So they're, a lot more, they're a lot more receptive usually, um, like I think any real estate investor would be a little more receptive just from owning real estate, understanding cash flow, and knowing that, hey, maybe the market isn't the best right now, so I'll just I'll owner finance it, get out of the management. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're expensive too, and it allows them an easier exit. And yeah, and I think because of the little bit tougher bank, you know, bank financing, um, all that combined, you know, they have to be a little bit more flexible with their park. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's another reason why um, I believe that returns are better in mobile home parks. You know, you have your tax, your cheaper taxes, your cheaper insurance. Um, but you get better terms with owner financing. So like I believe, we ran the numbers the other day <clears throat> since obviously the end of the year at our park. So we've owned it since March. And um, so for this year, 2016, I think we were at a little bit over a 16% cash on cash return um, in the nine months. Mm-hmm. So. That's great. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, yeah, that's was, amazing. We'll do those all day, right? So yeah, great, great returns. Awesome investment. Awesome advice today. <laughs> awesome uh, amount of knowledge that you've shared with our listeners and our viewers, Dan. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, hope hope yeah. you get some tidbits out of it. I hope so too. Is there yeah. any is there anything you wanted to plug or you want to give out your contact information? Feel free. Yeah, I mean, I do I do everything by email. Um, I'm around uh, the St. Louis area. All the all the meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my email is dan04gib at gmail.com. Anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out. I think you guys would agree. I mean, it's it's cool. It's cool taking people under your wing, and it's cool talking to other people that have an interest in any type of real estate, really. Mm. And you know, I like I like seeing the next the next younger guy to come along who's interested. Me and, too. I mean, it's a it's a great business to be in. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy mentoring people on yeah stuff I, that they don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Well, mm-hmm. and, and you, if know. you can teach them a little bit along the way and help them, and it always comes around full circle. Well, and we so. you know all of us had some type of mentor or some type of training course or something. You know, you don't just you don't just wake up one day and yeah. understand. You have to you have to go through the the knocks of sure. We still do. Stuff. Yeah, you I mean, still, we, yeah, we always have a mentor. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Or, well, speaking of, of courses, yeah. check out freewholesalecourse.com. Um, again, we are constantly adding new stuff to that course, updating it. And we're actually going to be launching a couple more free courses for you guys in the coming weeks and months. Um, so if you're interested in contacting myself or Mike, you can reach us at david at discountpropertyinvestor.com or mike at discountpropertyinvestor.com. Um, Dan's contact information will be in the show notes. And what's your email one more time, Dan? Yeah, email is dan04gib, that's G-I-B, at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, Dan, I'm going to ask you to read our quote today. This is our closing quote. We do it every episode. Sure. Uh, The quote today is, it's not worth winning if you can't win big. Love it. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.
Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.